Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I have something completely different for you. I'll be sharing an interview with a twist. Instead of me interviewing a guest, as you're used to hearing every week, I will be the guest and I will be interviewed by my very good friend, Ray Edwards of The Ray Edwards Show. Ray will dig into the story of how I founded Social Media Examiner over seven years ago and how we went from a blog to a physical conference. You'll hear the behind the scenes story that I have never told you and I really hope you will enjoy it. With that, let's move right over to that interview right now. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Okay, so Social Media Examiner is the world's largest social media marketing resource. And this publication helps millions of business owners, millions of business owners, learn how to use social media to connect with their customers, to get more traffic to their websites, to generate awareness and increase sales. They have over half a million email subscribers. That's just astonishing to me. And Michael Stelzner is the founder of Social Media Examiner. He's also the author of a book called Launch and a book called Writing White Papers. He's the man behind some pretty large events, the largest events in their space, like Social Media Marketing World, which we're going to talk about today, and Social Media Success Summit. He's also the host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, one of my favorite can't-miss podcasts. He's the founder of the Social Media Marketing Society, of which I am a member. 
I, I think I'm kind of sounding like a fanboy by this time, Michael. Wow. I didn't even know you were a member. Thank you oh, so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. You're, you're welcome, and welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I should also mention you're the host of a little thing called the Morning Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Yeah, are you noticing the theme? <laughs> I, it seems like you're into social media. <laughs> yes, I would say so. So um, I wanted to talk on this interview about social media marketing world because it's coming up uh, in full disclosure, I'm speaking, but in fuller disclosure, I would be going even if I wasn't speaking. In fact, I planned to go and set the dates aside in my calendar before I was even invited to speak. So I, I want to talk a little bit about social media marketing world, but I want to back up the story a little bit because I, I don't think you can talk about the event without talking about how you got to the place where you decided to hold the event. Yes. Where would you like to start? So how did you decide to create social media examiner and how did you get to half a million email subscribers? Well, it's, a, it's a really awesome story. I was a writer as you mentioned, I wrote a book called Writing White Papers. And prior to Social Media Examiner, I was a very um, well-paid by my clients writer who would write these things called white papers, which is article meets brochure. And I would help these businesses, mostly tech, that were selling expensive and complex things. You know, I would empower their sales team to go out there and use these documents to help sell. And somewhere along the way, I had started a newsletter and it was a weekly newsletter, and in the newsletter were articles. And we would send once a week these newsletters with these articles. And in the beginning, the articles sometimes interviewed experts. Other times they were written by experts. And a lot of times they had tips and techniques inside of them. And somewhere along the way, we started covering social media and how social media could be used, for example, with LinkedIn, to generate more leads for your white papers. And I began to notice that whenever we did anything on social media, it was extremely popular. So me being a writer, I reached out to copy blogger and to marketing profs, and I wrote some articles for them. Uh, and each of them was somehow related to the dark side of social media, like the dark side of Twitter, and I think the dark side of Facebook. Those articles went crazy viral on those social networks. I mean, on those, those blogging platforms. And I was told by both of them that they were um, in marketing profs case, the single most popular article of like the last few years and in copy blogger, definitely in the top 10. And for years we were in the sidebar of copy blogger. Wow. So I kind of began to say, what is going on here? And I specifically remember the turning point for me, Ray, I sent a uh, LinkedIn request to Ann Hanley, who is the chief marketing officer or chief content officer, I think is her title for marketing profs. And she said, are you on Facebook? And I said, I thought that was for college kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened a Facebook account and my first friend on Facebook was Ann Hanley. I had no clue what I was doing. Wow. And, and all of a sudden I was immersed into a different world. And I was like, what is this all about? So then I went to a small conference in San Diego with like 30 people. And um, one of the speakers there was a guy named Paul Culligan, who I'd never heard of before. Very colorful. He was talking about social media. A guy named Warren Whitlock was there who had co-wrote in a book with uh, Deb Cole mm -hmm. on Twitter marketing. And um, I just kind of sucked it all in. And while I was there, I met this gal named Mari Smith. 
I'd never heard of her before, but I told was told that I ought to meet her. And her and I hit it off and we became friends. And what ended up happening was I decided I was going to do under my white paper business an online conference. I had been doing um, up until this point uh, these teleclasses where people would pay 39 bucks a month and hear me interview people like Bob Bly for an hour and they would pay, you know, and um, or Peter Bowerman or others in the copywriting world. And I wanted to do a conference just for copywriting. But Bob told me, hey, you know what? I don't like going to conferences. So I said, all right, well, what if I did it online? And ultimately what ended up happening was I decided to do my very first conference online on writing. And it was called Copywriting Success Summit. And it was a huge hit. I'd sold more tickets than I ever had for um, my my teleclasses and it was all done via webinars and some guy who had a private island on this thing called Second Life had a party and everybody went over there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and, and somebody named Steve Schlonwhite, uh, wait, I'm probably getting his name wrong. Uh, uh, Steve, I'm forgetting his last name. So I think me, that's you know, right. Yeah, you're good at this is what he said. You should do more of this. And, um, you know, I was pretty well known in the copywriting world, especially the B2B world. And um, I... Around that same time, I was doing all this stuff, you know, with this, uh, these articles and stuff. And finally, the, the synapses connected in my brain. And I said, I'm going to try something crazy. I'm going to start something called Social Media Success Summit under my white paper business. It was a monster hit. We, you know, we had sold a couple hundred tickets for the Copywriting Success Summit, but we sold like 700 tickets for Social Media Success Summit, which, by the way, is going on right now in its eighth year. And, um, and, all of a sudden, like, I was like, holy cow, I'm really onto something. So the first thing I did was I started going on to GoDaddy and trying to find domain names. And sure enough, I found socialmediaexaminer.com. And I was like, what? It's available? <laughs> and then so I immediately registered a trademark thinking I was going to get sued by the San Francisco examiner, you know, because I'm in California. So I just figured I better get this thing protected. And um, long and short of it is I had an opportunity to speak at Blog World and at Marketing Profs B2B Summit in October of 2009. And I decided this would be my time to launch. So I went ahead and I hustled and I built Social Media Examiner. I reached out to all my friends and said, would you write one article a month until it doesn't work for you anymore? And uh, pretty much launched on October 12th, 2009. And we just celebrated our seven, seventh year here a couple weeks ago. That is an amazing story. And just a sidebar about how small a world we live in. I've known uh, Paul Culligan, Warren Whitlock. I've known both those guys for 10 years probably. Wow. And uh, Mari Smith, this is so funny to me, so strange to think of now. She was one of my first copywriting students. Wow. And at the time, I remember she was into this thing called social media, which I barely even understood what she was talking about when we would do our one-on-one -on -one calls. At that time, when I taught a class, I had one-on-one -on -one calls with all my students. Those days are long gone. But um, she would tell me about social media and Facebook, and I was like, and I was like you. I was like, I thought that was for college kids. <laughs> boy, have times changed. Yeah, boy, have they, really. So... You, you built social media marketing world, and I say you, it's you and a, a team of people and all of your friends who are writing for you. And social you, media examiner, you mean? I'm so, sorry, social media examiner. Yes, that is what I meant. Thank you. Um, and one of the things that I admire about that site 
is the what I would call the journalistic integrity of the site. It it seems to me to live up to the ideals of what journalism was supposed to be about. And it also has very high editorial standards, which I know firsthand because I wrote an article and had to rewrite it and make it better, which is which is fantastic. But could you talk a little bit about your commitment to the quality of the content that you're publishing? Yes. I, first of all, I'm not a trained journalist. I'm not even a trained writer. I just kind of figured it out along my journey. I have uh, two degrees in speech. Um, but But becoming a professional writer and having lots of clients and understanding high quality copy uh, as a white paper guy, I just brought all those standards right on over to social media examiner. And we have always had at least two or three and sometimes five editors working on all the articles to quote unquote, develop the articles. Um, And we have, we're known for the how to content. So we're very tip based. We're very how to based. And from the very beginning, I always wanted to give away the types of things that others were charging for. Mm. That was going to be what was differentiating me because back then blogs were opinion um, outlets, right? It's where people wrote what they thought, not what they knew. And I wanted this to be what people knew. I wanted it to be a source that people could come to. That's why our tagline still to this day is your guide to the social media jungle because I really wanted it to be a resource. And I knew as a marketer and as a writer, if we could create content that was of high quality, um, had a certain level of depth or richness to it, they're all at least a thousand words, um, that that would become something that would be very, very smart in the long haul. And we've invested heavily. Like what you don't know is we put at least $1,000 in development in every single article that we get from every person that writes for Social Media Examiner on top of whatever, like, you know, whatever work, like we have staff writers, for example, or we have certain writers that are paid. On top of all that, we put another $1,000 in development work on every single article just to make sure it's of high quality. No wonder it's so good. And it's, you know, there's better. We're not the best, but we strive to be high quality. I mean, our, 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 our state, our uh, vision statement is all that we serve is quality and we serve all with excellence. So it's kind of like the adage of a restaurant. We want every meal to be of excellence and uh, we strive for that. Well, I think you live up to that. I was talking with someone a few days ago. They were asking me about building a business and how I built my practice and how they could do the same. And I told them, And I I wonder what you'll think about. I think I know what you'll think about this. But my answer was, I don't think you're going to be comfortable with my answer, Mr. Person, whom I won't name, uh, because I think the answer is you have to do excellent work over a long period of time and you build. That's the way you build something that lasts. The tortoise always wins the race. As long as the tortoise is headed in the right direction. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But the analogy there is that there are ways to sprint and quote unquote hustle that will perhaps help you in the short run, but in the long run, you'll be exhausted. The steady hand, you know, is what wins the race. The, the, the one that knows where they're going and is consistently willing to work and to measure to make sure that they're headed in the right direction. That is what will win the race. Well, I have done it both ways and I'm here to tell you, you are absolutely right. It's the best way. And it's the only way I recommend now. And I try to stick to that maxim for myself. And I'll tell you a little, a little something here. Um, I've been in this industry now for seven years, and almost everyone that started out in this space is not here anymore. Almost all of them. Wow. Um, 
they've almost all moved on. So um, it just goes to show you that, you know, you can win in the long run if you consistently deliver excellent value. They're nearly all gone. Can you name a few people who are still around? Mari Smith is the one that comes to mind that we mentioned earlier. She's one of the few that are still here. Um, and there's so many that have long since moved on. I've forgotten. Um, it, it's interesting how this world works. Um, when something is hot and exciting, for example, right now it's virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence. What you have is you have early adopters that hop from thing to thing and they hop onto this new thing. And then the second it becomes quote unquote, everyone using it, they leave and they move to the next thing. And that's good for people who are watching industries because that means there's plenty of opportunity for new people in these industries as they mature. And so many people have this perception that there's no room for me in this space, but it's absolutely not true. And in any industry, there's a certain level of um, uh, fatigue that happens with people that have been in the industry for a long time. And there's need for newness and need for innovation and improvement. And that that's when the new people come in. And that's where a little competition breeds excellence. And that's where the people who've been in it for a long time have to learn how to reinvent and reinvigorate their themselves and their brand. And I think you've done a magnificent job doing that, which leads me to asking you, in a, in a world and a time when so many live in-person events, seminars and conventions were actually folding and getting out of the business because it was risky and expensive, what on earth made you decide to have a real-world live in-person event called Social Media Marketing World? It's a wonderful question. I never even considered it until I saw with my own eyes someone else who I respect that was able to do it. Simple story is I was in Cleveland, Ohio about five years ago at an event that my good friend Joe Polizzi was putting on. And this was his very first event. And I noticed there's something about him that seemed different than anything I'd seen at any other event. He had this certain calm, relaxing sense about him, almost as if I'm throwing a party at my house but everybody behind me has got the details so I can go and say hi to all my friends. Mm. And there was that calmness about him that was alluring to me. And I went up to him and I said, how could you be so relaxed to put on an event for like four or five, 600 people and, and, and be just so yourself? And he said, oh, well, guess what? There are people called organizers, event organizers, and this is what they do for a living. And I'm all, are you kidding me? And then all of a sudden the light bulb went off in my head and I started saying to myself, I want some of this for me. And I started taking pictures and notes and looking at this thing that I was at, this experience <laughs> through a different set of lenses. You know, that is <laughs> you so you, at? what are you laughing about? That's just so you, you start taking pictures and notes and I can, yeah. I can, in my mind, I can see the expression on your face. Yeah, it was like literally like a, a switch flipped in my head that said, Mike, you can do this. And um, it took me almost a year and a half to get to the point where I actually did my very first event. But um, I had been to a lot of events, as have you, Ray. And some of the things that bothered me about events were, first of all, the content. Like you go into these sessions and you say to yourself, who picked these people and what are they doing up on the stage, right? Right. Another thing that bothered me about these events is you just kind of show up and have to figure out what the heck you're supposed to do. There's no like 
people pointing in the right directions. There's lack of information that completely slayed me. And, um, you know, I'm like, how can you put on an event and not like expect people to be confused and guide them? And then another thing that just really, really bothered me about a lot of events that I'd been at was that the, they would have these parties inside of these bars. Okay. And there'd be some crazy DJ cranking up the music so loud that you basically have to like hover on top of the person next to you ear and yell into their ear just to communicate with them. And, And I'd been to these events and I'd seen these people, these marketers with their iPhones. No one is interacting with each other because they can't because it's too noisy. So they're just all looking down at their iPhones. They may as well be in their bedroom at home. And I thought to myself, these are things that are broken about events and I want to fix that. And that's what I set out to do when I started my own event. And it's and I think that's what led to the demise of a lot of these other events is when something new comes along, everybody rushes to it, especially if it's good. Uh, so the, the, the interesting thing to me is, and you may have just explained it, um, in fact, you probably did, but um, other events are, have shuttered their doors and they don't exist anymore. And your event just keeps growing. Are you comfortable talking about the growth from year to year? Sure. Very first year, we had 1,100 people, which – and and the weird thing about this event is, first of all, we went in as rookies. So we didn't know a lot of, quote, unquote, the rules of the industry, which allowed me to break them all, Ray. So I would go to these (laughs) hotels and I would say, I don't care the way you do what you do, hotel, you know, um, because I didn't know any better. And I would negotiate these deals with these hotels that they would never give anybody else before, you know, because I just said, well, that's a broken model. You guys are going to die if you don't change your business model, you know, and I would just be able to broker these deals because I just didn't know any better. And my ignorance was my strength. So I was able to do things that I just thought needed to be done. And I faced a lot of resistance from all of these, quote unquote, people in the industry that this is what they do for a living. But they seemed to listen to me after, you know, beginning to see the light. And um, long and short of it is the very first year we had 1,100 people there. And everybody told me that the hardest thing in the world is to get, quote, unquote, butts in seats. And I knew that that was going to be challenging because I had done a small event with 40 people once when I was the white paper guy. And I knew how hard it was. But I think the secret sauce that I had, Ray, is I had been building a media company for a long time. So by this time, it's 2013, and I started Social Media Examiner in 2009. So I had built this monstrously um, loyal following already that was getting emails every day from me, that was interacting with us across the social channels. And it turns out they were aching for a really nice opportunity to come together. And when we brought them together, like so many people said, I've been to events for 20 years and I've never experienced anything like this. This blows my mind. And I just kind of didn't even know if I was going to do the event for another year. But that's when that's when, you know, we began to realize we had the right thing going. So year one was about eleven hundred people. Year two was about seventeen hundred. Year three was uh, like twenty three hundred and then or twenty two hundred. And then year four was three thousand, which was last year. And year five, we're expecting four thousand. We've already sold more than nine hundred tickets. Uh, as of the recording of this um, show, and we're well on our way to hitting that 4,000 goal, and um, we're projecting into the future to be much larger. We're, we've just signed the contract for 2020, and we will have over 400,000 square feet, which is about 60% of the San Diego Convention Center, the home of Comic-Con International. 
incredible. Just really incredible. Um, you know, my son works with me in my business, and he's been to quite a few conferences with me, and he hates them. Um, I mean, he just really does not like to go. So the first time I brought him to Social Media Marketing World, there was a lot of groaning that was happening before we got there. And we hadn't been there for four hours until he turned to me and said, we have to come to this every year. <laughs> that's crazy. Why did he say that? Um, well, and that's what I want to talk about is the the environment that you have created. Uh, not only is it educational, it's intentionally structured so that people who are on different paths, this is the way I see it from the outside, uh, people who are in different paths can sort of choose their own adventure at the event. And then you, the, the big thing to me is how you facilitate networking because that's a problem for most people when they go to events. They don't know anybody and they don't know how to know anybody. And then you just kind of take care of that for everybody. Yeah. So um, having done online events for years, we had a big leg up because we kind of knew from the online event world how to connect people that were not physically present. So we took a lot of that learning and applied that to pre-networking uh, before you even showed up. For example, in 2016, we had 78 Slack groups across every conceivable topic you could imagine. For example, analytics, where there was like 80 people in the analytics Slack group. These were like analytics maniacs, you know, and they would be communicating in these Slack groups, which is kind of like um, if you don't use Slack, it's kind of like instant messaging meets Facebook groups. And um, and they would share information and interfa interface with each other inside of these mini communities. And then the moment they showed up, it was as if they were part of the clan already. So that was the first thing we did is we did lots of that kind of stuff. We would have live video um, networking training where people would come and learn from our networking team about how to prepare for the conference. We had a LinkedIn group where everybody could interact with each other. We had just all this crazy stuff. And then we were also very big on the email communication. So we wanted to make sure that every week and sometimes even multiple times a week that we were clearly communicating to all the attendees about everything they would need to know and what to expect so that they were essentially getting fed from us with, the, with what they needed to know, when they needed to know it, so that by the time they showed up, they were super stoked to be there. Um, when they did show up, the first thing that we did, which is kind of crazy, I don't know if you were there, but we, have an, we always have an unofficial uh, meet up the night before everything starts. And I don't even know if you were in town for that, Ray, or not. I think you might have been. Um, but we had 500 people show up for the unofficial meetup. Yeah. And um, it, it was at a big hotel, and I think the fire marshal ended up shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that was just meet us at the bar. So And, and then the next day, um, we, we have a bunch of workshops, which are included at no added cost. But then we have our big opening night party on the USS Midway Naval Aircraft Carrier. By this point, people have gotten a chance to meet each other in some unofficial capacities. Maybe they've gone to our Networking for Introverts workshop that we have to kind of help the introverts get out of their shell and really connect with people. And we have these buses that take them all from the hotel to the aircraft carrier. So envision yourself arriving to this monstrously big aircraft carrier, which was the largest ship in the world until 1960. Someone comes on the bus and basically gets your attention, grabs a microphone and explains what you're about to experience. And then you walk through this experience where you're handed this little card 
that says networking bingo. And as you work your way up the aircraft and into the entrance of the aircraft, you see hundreds and thousands of people that are all strangers that are networking with each other, filling out these little bingo cards with the hope of winning a free conference ticket next year, doing things like, hey, are you from another country? What's your Twitter ID? Hey, do you work for an educational institution? Are you a podcaster? Are you a blogger? And you're, you're put in a fun situation where you're immediately meeting strangers. And then all of a sudden, by the time the whole party is over with and they come the next morning for the opening keynote, it's as if these people have known each other forever. And I think, you know, that that's just what we do just in the beginning part of the conference. And that was a huge reason, I think, that we'd been there for just a few hours and Sean was already deciding our itinerary for the next few years. We have to, <laughs> we have to keep coming to this. Uh, and it's it's so well done. Uh, you know, one of the hardest parts about attending conferences of any kind is making contact with people that is real substantive contact. And you've just described a process that facilitates conversations. And that's the biggest problem I see at other conferences is you don't know who to talk to, you don't know what to talk about, and you've removed those barriers so people are able to start engaging with one another. Yeah, and a couple other things that we do that are kind of fun. Um, at check-in, you get these stickers that you can put on your badge. I don't know if you remember these or not, but they're like, they identify different groups you might belong to, like a podcaster, blogger, yes. YouTuber. And then when, when these people are wearing these badges and you meet each other, you can see the stickers on the badge and it can just immediately spawn conversation like, oh, you're a blogger? So am I. And um, we even have at the conference this place called a networking uh, plaza, which is this big like town hall kind of environment with lots of round tables and signs that hang over the tables that allow you to go and just sit down at a table around a topic of interest. And we also have this thing called a networking embassy where you can go up there and we have networking ambassadors and you say, I'm looking for someone who is in the sports industry. They will search the entire database of all the attendees that are there and if necessary, will text their phone or even call them and say, hey, here's somebody from the sports industry that would love to meet you. Would you be interested? If so, we'll arrange a private meetup with you. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we do while everything else is going on. And I think this is the kind of stuff that is unheard of at other events. Absolutely, it is unheard of at other events. And then there's the uh, superstar I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. Superstar lineup of keynote speakers and workshop leaders. Uh, how have you been able to get so many well-known people in the social media marketing space to be part of this event year after year after year? Relational capital. Um, I have been building relationships with these people for years. And I don't have an application process. I have a recruitment process. And because we hand select all of our speakers and the speakers know that they are chosen instead of um, recruited, it does create a completely different vibe for the speakers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can understand this. You've spoken a couple of times. Yes. People are waiting to be chosen. And when you begin to, it, you know, when you begin to see, for example, that people that you might respect, like Michael Hyatt or Guy Kawasaki or Ann Hanley or Jay Bear or Darren Rouse or, you know, dot, 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 the list goes on and on, are all speaking there as a fellow speaker. Sometimes you're like, I want to be there, not just to speak, but also to hang out with these other people, because these are influencers that I personally want to get to connect with as a speaker. So it gets kind of easy to recruit. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's, it's unbelievably easy. Most of these people I can just text and say, hey, are you interested in coming back? They say, yes. I say, okay, my team will be in touch. You know? <laughs> That's... But, but, 
but but we craft it in a way so that we don't just choose anyone who happens to be a thought leader. We actually organize the entire program with intention. Like we don't bring someone just because they're high profile, Ray. We bring someone because they're good. What um, I want to sidebar for just a moment because I'm thinking about this thing that you've built with Social Media Examiner and Social Media Marketing World and the other things that you do, but especially the Social Media Marketing World event. Do you feel like the time has passed when a person like yourself could build this kind of organization, not in the social media marketing space necessarily, but in some some industry? Uh, do you think that there was a window no. of opportunity and we missed it? No. I mean, look, you could argue I was pretty late to the game. This is only going to be my fifth year. So we started this conference in 2013 and social media started popping in 2008. So you could argue we were late to the game. And we were even late to the game with Social Media Examiner. Hmm. When Social Media Examiner launched in 2009, social media had been technically around since 2006 you know, when Twitter and Facebook around that time launched. So I guess I'm an example that anything that's of quality can come and can disrupt any existing industry. And it doesn't matter when. And I think the key to it is to acknowledge it will take time. Like you can't build something like I built without first building a following and an audience that knows you and likes you and respects you. And that took years. You know, I couldn't, if I just started social media marketing well right out of the gate, it wouldn't have worked because I hadn't built up that audience yet. So the method for anyone to want to follow this in any industry is to first and foremost um, build great content and build great relationships with all the influencers in the space that you're in. And one of the ways I do this, Ray, and continue to do this is via my podcast. So my podcast is an interview-based podcast, and I know that influencers love exposure. So I built a pretty big podcast, but it started tiny. And the, um, the craft and the skill that I have is the ability to interview just like you do, right? And I would bring these people on when they have new books out or whenever they needed exposure and I would tap their mind and bring their rich value to my community. But at the same time, I would be developing strong relationships with these people because they knew that I was doing something of value for them. And just by, by giving and giving and giving to hundreds and hundreds of people, many of which I've never even asked to speak at my event, um, that made it a lot easier to decide to do an event. Because when you, when you ultimately have an event, like I said, A, you have to have an audience, and B, you have to have a good lineup. Like people make decisions about going to an event based on the lineup. You know, if they don't know those people, the likelihood of them going is going to be a lot less. Yes. So it's the secret sauce of the two things, the, having a good audience and a good lineup together is what makes it good. And then, and then the event must be good because ultimately there will be a reputation that follows that event. And if those speakers don't keep coming back, then that might be a sign that that's not a good event. So what is the, the mission of social media marketing world? What does it do for people who attend? Well, our slogan is networking, discovery, and fun. And, uh, we already talked about the networking, but the discovery side, I think, is kind of the key mission, which is you basically discover the best social media marketing techniques from the world's top experts. So it's the, the hope is that someone who leaves social media marketing world will have transformative ideas that they can employ in their business 
you know, and what I mean by their business is if they're a solopreneur, their own business, if they work for someone else, the business they work for, if they work for someone else, they will become the hero of that business. If they work for themselves, they will have ideas that will ultimately help them accomplish their core objectives for their business, driving more traffic, generating more leads, selling more of whatever they're trying to sell. That is what this conference is all about. It is truly meant to be not just walk away inspired, which is a side effect, but walk away empowered to actually act and make action that will completely transform your business. That is hugely important. And I mean, I can speak from experience and say for sure that you deliver on that uh, in multiples. How, um, how does a person who's never been to this event or an event like this, how do, if that's me, how do I evaluate? Is this right for me? That's a great question. First and foremost is you have to ask yourself, you have, you have to ask yourself a couple of questions. Am I struggling or am I struggling in a, in an area that I don't know how to, how to master? Like for example, you might be really good at Facebook marketing, but you might know that Snapchat's the next thing and you're not sure how to do it. So, so if you're going to go to this event or any event, you need to ask yourself, if I invest the money to go there, Am I going to walk away with enough knowledge that I can get a return on that investment down the road? And um, I think that's an absolutely critical thing. Another thing that another thing that you might want to evaluate is: Is it possible that by being surrounded by thousands of people that are exactly like me, that I might have something positive that could come out of that? For example, could I? develop a mastermind group from the people that I meet at this conference? Or could I develop possible future partnerships with some of the people that I will meet at this conference? Or could I possibly persuade someone who is an influencer to work with me to help me further whatever the mission of the company is? So, I mean, these are these are all difficult decisions because it is pretty much a three-day event, right? And when you travel, you've got the cost of flights, you've got the cost of hotels and then you've got the cost of the ticket, which is not inexpensive. So there has to be a like multi-thousand dollar return that's going to come out of this. That's how I decide if I'm going to go to conferences. When I go to conferences, Ray, I actually go exclusively for the networking. I don't go for the learning. I, I know I can get the learning another way, but I know what I can't get when I go to a conference. I mean, what I can't get online is the connections. There's something special that happens when you meet people in person, when you get a chance to break bread with them, that is priceless and it can, ex it can be an accelerant to a business. That's why I decided to go to very specific conferences. So, you know, if that accelerant could be found or the potential of that accelerant could be found at social media marketing world, then it might justify the cost of going. And it's so important to recognize the power of being present physically. Tony Robbins says proximity is power. And that doesn't mean control over people. It means the power to, I believe, the power to form a real human connection with people. And that can take you places you never dreamed of, which I think you're a great example of exactly that principle. You know, I'll tell you a little story, Ray. When I started Social Media Examiner, I mentioned earlier that I went to Blog World and, and Marketing Profs. The relationships that I built, and I brought a cameraman with me, and I just did interviews with them on the spot, 10-minute interviews with these speakers that I knew were there for exposure. That's why they're there. So I knew I could capture them after their presentation in the hall and get little interviews with them. This is where I met 
people like Chris Brogan, who I'm good friends with. This is where I met almost almost all the speakers, you know, that that have become really good friends of mine. I first met there at that conference. I would have a dinner where I would invite them and they would all come. And so many people that were at that very first dinner that I had no clue who they were, like this young guy named Lewis Howes in a white T-shirt who said, someday I'll be a New York Times bestseller. And I laughed, <laughs> you know, uh, like, right, kid, you know, these are the people that I'm now really good friends with, you know, because I went there and I met them. And that's the kind of stuff that accelerated Social Media Examiner. And that's part of the reason why I'm so excited to be able to bring that now to the next Social Media Examiner that will be born from my conference someday down the road. Wow. So give us um, kind of the headline features of the upcoming social media marketing world. Like what are the dates and who's going to be speaking? Let's start with that. Okay. So it's March 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. In 2017, we'll have more than 120 sessions and workshops. The workshops are 90-minute workshops. They're included with the ticket price. You don't have to pay extra for them. And those are more tactical, hands-on kind of workshops. And one of the guys that's teaching that one of those workshops is none other than Ray Edwards, who's doing a workshop on how to write copy that sells. And uh, John Jantz on agency building, Dan Miller on how to build a mastermind group. These are business and business building and, and create content creation workshops. Then we have 17 different quote unquote, how do I describe this? Not, not, uh, tracks, but if you will, themes, like we've got a whole bunch on social tactics, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, visual marketing. Then we've got 40 sessions on what we're calling a creator series, Ray. So we've got 10 sessions on video and YouTube, mm. 10 sessions on blogging and podcasting, 10 on live video production and 10 on podcasting. Then we've got social strategy, content marketing, measurement, analytics, customer service, all over the all over the map. But some of the names that you will recognize include, in addition to the ones I've already mentioned, uh, Guy Kawasaki, Mari Smith, Scott Monty, Jay Bear, Michael Hyatt, Chris Brogan, Amy Porterfield, Mark Schaefer, Darren Rouse, Joel Kahn. I mean, I could just go on and on, but all the top industry experts in every single one of these categories I just mentioned are, are going to be at the conference, literally the top of the top. Uh, Joe Polizzi, who's obviously heading up our content marketing track, and the list goes on and on. Cliff Ravenscraft in the podcasting track, he's the high-profile guy there, and then Darren Rouse is the high-profile guy in the blogging world, and it's just, it's just really – people have called it the Super Bowl. You know, because it's like pretty much all the superstars. As of this recording, we only have about 60 of the presenters uh, currently secured and locked. Um, but we are continuing to um, recruit and add these speakers over the next 60 days. And it will be an incredible lineup. I'm already planning the the way I'm going to spend the days, what I'm going to go see, what I want to learn. I think all of us, no matter how advanced or how new you are, uh, there are cornerstone sessions and people that you want to meet that you want to learn from that you want to experience at social media marketing world this coming spring and um what about the the idea that there's so much stuff going on that i can't attend every session how do ah, we i'm glad how, you asked that <laughs> <laughs> so um other conferences also charge you for the recordings ray but we include those recordings at no added cost. That is so amazing. I, if you are listening right now and you don't know how this works, nobody does what Mike just said that you're doing. 
Yes, normally you might pay $600 extra for that. Yeah. Um, so literally every single keynote, every single session, every single workshop is recorded. Thus, if you are stuck in a very valuable conversation that you do not want to leave because you know it could be very instrumental to the future of your business, but you really want to go see Mari Smith, you can make that call to stay in that conversation knowing that that recording of that entire session will be available to you for an entire year and you can watch it at your leisure. That is so liberating and so powerful. If you are an introvert and you've ever felt like you're kind of an outsider in this industry or in the world of social media marketing in general, this is a way to change that. This is a way to become an insider. So Mike, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Oh, Ray, thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you found value in hearing the backstory of how Social Media Examiner and Social Media Marketing World came to be. You can check out the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 227. And this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.